Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. There's a simple principle that this verse teaches us. And the principle is this. There is always, always a delay between sowing and reaping. There is a gap between when you put that seed into the ground and that seed becomes something that you can actually see. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In the same way that Jesus' purpose was a life of service, so was our life meant to be characterized by service as well. We are called to place others' needs, interests, and wants ahead of our own. But that can be hard to do. We wonder if our service is making a difference. We wonder if anyone cares that we are serving. And we wonder if we have enough energy to keep serving. Those are just a few of the reasons why serving others can be difficult to do. But God still calls us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. In today's sermon, Pastor Philip is going to encourage us to do just that as we embrace a life of service. Please enjoy the message. Um, if you can't tell, I've got a bit of a cold. And, um, and here's, the, here's the news flash, is that you can get, still get sick and it's not COVID. I, I, I mean, you would never know that with the news, but it is a real thing. So I got tested even this past week and um, a couple of our family members got tested just to be absolutely sure. And it's just a cold and you still get those. So... Anyway, be ready, be ready for it. Now, besides COVID, the number one news story, uh, certainly over the past week and a half, is uh, the number one news story is Afghanistan. And all that's been happening over there as America's leaving Afghanistan and, and the government that we thought was in place realized wasn't in place and all of that just crumbled down. And now the Taliban, who really aren't that great of people, are in control. And so we're trying to get Americans out of there as fast as possible, get as many allies out of there as fast as possible, because that has all sorts of compounding effects if you don't take care of those people. But there's a sort of a, a, certain, um, uh, there's a certain element of service that is there, even as you consider the 13. And this is just terrible. Just over the last few days, there was that suicide bomb that went off near the airport, and 13 American soldiers lost their lives. It's just a, just a tragedy, just an absolute tragedy. But as I was reading through the newspaper, you know, there was that story, and then there's many others, like father of U.S. soldier wants to help Afghan interpreter get his family out of Afghanistan. Indiana Army veteran Chris McLaughlin is trying to help an old friend out of Afghanistan. One area man is hoping <clears throat> to see his family get on a flight out of Afghanistan. Grassroots group tries to crowdsource U.S. citizens, others out of Afghanistan. And so you, you're hearing stories after story of, of people attempting to place their interest aside for the interest of others. They're, they're trying to help other people who can't help themselves. They're doing something for someone else, especially as it relates to those soldiers, that, that they'll probably never get appreciated for. Certainly not by the people that they were there serving, sadly. And there's an element, what we have to catch there is that there is an element of Jesus, a spirit of Jesus that is found in these stories of service that we read, that we've been reading about, that you've maybe even heard a little bit about. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 10, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
That even though there would be people who wouldn't appreciate what he did, even though there would be people who would take advantage of him, even though he in many cases would be doing something for someone that, would come, that it would even come back on him, he was still willing to serve them. He was still willing to help them. Even though, you know, a lot of the fruit from this labor wouldn't be seen for many, many years to come. All of us who are believers in Jesus are a testimony to that. And here's what's amazing. It's this same spirit, this idea of placing other interests ahead of your own, of serving other people, of, of doing things for others that may not necessarily appreciate what it is that you're doing. We have many people in our church who are willing to do just that. People, in fact, that help serve this community of believers every single Sunday. People that are filling in gaps that, that help to help your children, your teenagers, get poured into and cared for, to help to make everything that we are doing be all that it can be, to help make this mission that we have as a church come to fruition. People such as Nikki Eckert, who is, her mom and her have been serving in our nursery faithfully week in and week out. Just this last Sunday, they had 14 little ones in the first service, which is why we're so grateful all of you are in this service, because the first service has zero room. So it's great that you're here, because there isn't any room in the other service for you. But they had 14 little ones in there with a few volunteers, and they did an incredible job. You have Liz Olibear and Cassie Warden, who have been serving, I mean, since I've been here for the last several years, every single Sunday, those three to five-year-olds and my two-year-old who sneaks in there every once in a while, but she's getting ready to be, she's getting ready to be three here in a couple months, two months exactly. I do know my birthday of my kid. Two months, she'll be, she'll be three. So anyway, but they have, Liz and Cassie have been pouring into these kids for years, every Sunday, helping, giving them a craft, not just words, not just a song. A craft, something they can put their hand to. They can see a picture of Jesus. They can color that. They can put that together to learn the lessons that are being taught to them in more tangible ways. My wife, Laura, every single Sunday, she's back there doing worship. She's back there doing the teaching or helping with teaching, and it alternates. And, but every Sunday, she's back there often with other kids of ours helping to make that to happen. Rob Frank, Sidney Packard, Jason Galbraith, Wayne Pallas, Every Sunday, they're in the elementary, just pouring into those kids, helping them to learn those lessons, helping it all to make sense. Not just our adults, but even our teens. We got teens that are filling in gaps, as Susan Shelley, our children's director, says. If we didn't have those teens, we wouldn't be able to make this happen. Pe teenagers like Ryder Packard, Ava Powell, Leah Robson, Evan Westmoreland, Leah Linhart, every Sunday. Those teenagers are pouring into the kids here in this church. And those teens are being poured into by some of you every single week. Wednesdays, Sundays, people like Justin Chestnut, Jim Scales, Eric Mendelin, Sean Cooper, Barb Paul, Melanie Predilich, every week are pouring in to those kids. And we have people that just have huge hearts to set aside what they would rather be doing to pour into us, to make this thing all that it can be. People like Sue Thomas, who coordinates our prayer lists. 
every single week to make sure it's updated, it gets sent out. She also coordinates a Bible study at the 1030 hour back here in this room, the 120 room, in which she makes sure that that lesson is taken care of and there's a teacher in place to make sure that that lesson gets taught. People like Ron Hausauer, every Sunday, that guy's been serving as a host. He's been here way longer than me every Sunday, just making sure that the doors are open, bulletins are handed to you, making sure that communion is given out, an offering is taken every Sunday. People like Tamika Pearson, Timothy Vanderenter. Timothy, don't stop serving. I don't know if I said your name right, but brother, forgive me. Timoth- Timothy, every Sunday serving. Tamika. Tamika did a great job this past summer. Like she fit, we had hundreds of kids on our campus at camps. And she was filling a huge role, plugging into those spots, because a lot of you work, but she did, she, she's, like her job gave her some flexibility to where she could, she could plug in and help out. If we didn't have her, we would have been in trouble. Ken Kernke, Steve Olibear, wonderful job making our safety team be all that it can be, stuff on Sundays, stuff during the week. John Fasciani, Debbie Muse, Conley Fraze, serving faithfully in our Valley View Cares ministry. And I can, I've already been going on and on and on, and I can keep going on and on and on. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m., We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. And it's these people who all share even a a similar sentiment, a similar story for why it is that they do what they do. There was a time that they came to church, many of them, and they didn't believe in Jesus, or maybe they were just retrying church for whatever reason, they'd been checked out for a while, or they were... Uh, They believed in Jesus, but they really weren't all that serious about their faith quite yet, and they talk about how someone served them. All of those names, nearly every one of them has that story. Someone cared for me. Someone talked to me. Someone spent some time with me. They served me. They served my kids. And because of that, I'm where I'm at now, and those people all say, I want to make sure what happened to me can happen to somebody else. And that's an incredible, incredible story and attitude to have. I'll also say there's another common sentiment that I hear. And that's what the message today is about. And this is the sentiment that I often hear. I am tired of serving. (laughs) I am worn out. And it's, it's often this phrase that I hear that gets connected to people being maybe worn out because they've been just doing it for a really, really long time and they haven't seen a lot of fruit from their labor. 
Somebody might say this phrase, if they see what somebody else is doing, which isn't all that much, then they see what they're doing, and they know what they're doing is a whole, whole lot, and they get angry because, you know, they're not quite equally yoked in their work that they are each, both of them, doing. Then maybe it's because they haven't been appreciated for the work that they have done. And so, for one reason or another, maybe it's multiple reasons, maybe they've had other responsibilities added to their life, and their life is still really busy, and and so as all of those things get worked together, there just isn't time, and so now they're just tired. And maybe some of you are feeling a bit of that right now. And if you were to be asked, you know, how are you doing right now with serving, you would say, I am tired of serving. Well, friends, it's not just a 21st century problem that you would have if that is you. It was very much a first century problem as well. And many of the letters that were written in the New Testament were written to groups of people who were struggling to stay vibrant in their faith. They, they were wondering if these seeds they were planting were ever going to produce anything. They were wondering if what they were doing was really worth it. When they evaluated how much they were doing compared to how much others were doing, it just wasn't even. They just didn't feel appreciated. And as a result of that, they were losing some of the vibrancy of their faith. They just didn't know if it was worth being good for Jesus. Biblical scholar David De Silva says it this way, the early fervor of these Christians has cooled off and they have not become mature in their faith. They're in seemingly spiritual danger. This is one of the primary reasons that the book of Hebrews is written. This is one of the secondary reasons that the letter of, of Galatians was written. Because there are Christians there that are thinking about giving up. There are Christians that are wondering if being good, if serving, if caring for others is really worth it. And that's why the Apostle Paul wrote these words in Galatians 6. Let us not become weary in doing good. Because there is a tendency to get weary, to be tired of serving, of being tired of doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There's a simple principle that this verse teaches us. And the principle is this, there is always, always a delay between sowing and reaping. There is a gap between when you put that seed into the ground and that seed becomes something that you can actually see. How many of you here have a garden? Yeah, a lot of you, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. If you're online, give us a shout out if you've got a garden as well. Drop it in the comments section there. Yeah, we've got, we've got a small bed of, of, of guard. We've got a small bed of vegetables in our backyard as well. And, and we've got uh, something like this. It's, it's not, this isn't my yard. It's not quite that big. But we've got, we've got a lot of cucumber in our yard. Looks a little bit like this. We've got some zucchini. We've got um, some spinach. By far, though, this is the year of cucumbers. We can't even keep up with all the cucumbers. There's so many of them. Yeah, that, that, it's incredible what's going on with cucumbers. Anyway, but, we, but when we all went out there as a family and we planted those seeds in the garden bed, we, we obviously buried the seed into the dirt. And then the, the next day, the kids are super excited. They want to see if something's happened. So they run out, they wake up in the morning and they ran out to see that. And what did they find? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing there. There's absolutely zero. There was zero to be seen. Nothing. But just because you don't 
see something, that doesn't mean that there isn't something happening. Often we get so worn out and tired of serving because we just don't realize that there is something happening even though we can't quite see that something. When I was a freshman in college, there was a guy across the hallway from me in our dorm named Matt. And Matt was a legit Christian. I was about, I was so far from being a Christian, but Matt was legit. He, I mean, he, he just lived the life. He said all the right things. He read his Bible. He prayed. He went to church. Um, I mean, you know, he wasn't running around with girls. He wasn't drinking too much. He wasn't into drugs. I mean, if you just looked at the outside of him, he was, he was like right in line. And then you get to know his heart, and his heart was even better. There were so many times where Matt would say something to me about Jesus, talk about how Jesus changed his life, tell me about the, the lessons that God was teaching him. He would invite me and others of us to these small church gatherings that would take place during the week that he would always go to. And we would go to those things. And I never one time responded to any of that at any of those gatherings I went to. And if anything, I was just trying to be polite to Matt when he would share those things with me. But what I didn't realize, maybe he did, was that there was something happening in me even though I couldn't see that something actually happening. And Matt never gave up. And maybe, maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you don't realize the good that's going on because you're just not seeing it yet. But again, what he tells us is this, and I'll read it to you again. Don't become weary in doing good for at the proper time, We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. But there is always a delay between sowing and reaping. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. And he goes on. Therefore, as we have as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The family of believers would be the essence of this church. And, and it's as we have opportunity, as you see opportunity, as you see a chance to do good, as you see a chance to help someone else, as you see a chance to give that, that hand out, even the hand up, whatever you've got going on, as you see those opportunities, you take advantage of them. And the lesson we learn here is to make the most of service opportunities. Don't, don't resent them. 
Don't be aggravated by them. Don't get frustrated about them. Don't ignore them. Don't pretend like you see them. Make the most of service opportunities. Do you know what an optometrist is? What's optometrist? Eye doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eye doctor. Optometrists have noticed a phenomenon in New York City that is very unique to New York City, especially as it relates to other parts of the, of the country, is that there is a significantly higher percentage chance of nearsightedness in New York City than anywhere else in America, like multiple times over. And why is that? It's because of the big buildings. You, you can't see far distances. And so people develop this tendency to have nearsightedness because they don't have to see into far distances. And so they just adjust to their environment. They can't really see well beyond that. And I wonder if there's a part of us that has a bit of a spiritual nearsightedness. It's not because of tall buildings. I might say it's because we have tall issues, tall problems, tall anxieties, tall uh, ambitions, tall worries. We have these tall things in our lives that have blinded us to seeing those opportunities that are right before us. We're so caught up in the things that are in our life that we don't realize how we can reach into somebody else's life and be a blessing to them. Jesus tells a story about this. It's called the Good Samaritan. You probably know it. Let's reread it, though. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And then another man came by, and he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. And, and so there's two religious people, a Levite and a priest, who come, who come, upon, uh, who come upon what's going on. Uh, this man has been robbed. He's been left there. And as they come upon him, they decide not to do anything. It'd be like the equivalent of a, of a Baptist and maybe some non-denominational church member. But two Christians come upon somebody who's hurting and they decide not to do anything. And then a Mormon, or let me say this, a Muslim comes upon that same person and decides to do something. That's the lesson. That's what Jesus is teaching us, that we have to take advantage of these opportunities that we see. And there's a woman in our church. She called the church here and talked to me a few weeks ago. Um, her name is Liz Kins, Kins, Kinsey, Kinsley. And she um, said that in Roxborough, there was a family, a mother, a son, and a dog who were trying to get to New Mexico, but they had no place to stay. And she was asking what her options were. And I said, you know what? I said, honestly, there's not many of them because they've got that dog. If you've got a dog, you're not going to get in a shelter and you're going to have a hard time getting into a hotel. 
And I said, I don't, I don't really know what the options are to get her shelter here, but if she's trying to get down south, I mean, we can figure, try to figure out something. So he sent some messages and, and called some different people, and eventually she went around to some other places. And, it, and inevitably, it just came back to, if this family was going to get south any further than they were, Liz and her husband Bob were going to have to do it. And so they loaded up their stuff in a trailer, and then the family hopped in the back of his truck, and then from there, they went on down, they got them to Monument. And then from there, they were able to make some other arrangements and continue to head south. But my point is, there was probably 100 people that walked by them, but Liz saw an opportunity to do something about what was going on in these people's lives. Don't become spiritually nearsighted so much by your worries and your anxieties that you aren't willing to help take advantage of these opportunities that are before you. And then Hebrews tells us this, for God is not unjust to overlook your work <clears throat> and the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. This is important because God is not unjust to overlook your work, overlook your good deeds. Don't you feel like that though? Don't you feel like stuff gets overlooked, stuff doesn't get seen, what you're doing isn't appreciated? When you feel that way, you are going to get exhausted by what you do. And the lesson that we learn here is this, is that God sees everything that you do. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.